in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. Live look downtown and we're checking out our roads this morning as well. Roads still wet, but we should be rain free this morning. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tom Miller. I'm Sally at Fonda's. Sean is here to tell us when the rain's going to pick back up again today. Yeah, later on today could be heavy at times, but for right now we are quiet. But as you mentioned, roads still a bit slick, so give yourself some extra time. But yeah, we're looking at an additional round of some heavy showers and some thunderstorms that we've got to deal with. But the radar is rain free right now. Now as we're waking up with us, a mostly cloudy sky for many, but we'll be tracking another round of storms moving in later on in the later part of this morning and early afternoon. A bit muggy and a bit foggy in a few spots. Temperatures across the area pretty comfortable though, nice and cool in Cherokee at 72 degrees, 73 in Llano, down through Gillespie County at 68 in Harper, 69 in Stonewall. Metro temperatures also looking really nice here, 69 in Wimberley and Buda, 76 in Maynard, 74 in Georgetown. Out towards the east, we're into the 70s as well. A little bit warmer here into the middle 70s. So if you're heading out on the trail, any outdoor plans today, no need to cancel them. Just make sure you are weather aware that we'll have numerous rounds of showers and thunderstorms. Make sure you have our Cake Sand First Warning Weather app so you can track the rain with us. By lunchtime, we're sitting uh, nice and comfortable still with temperatures into the 80s with 90s there into the later part of the day. Heating up, though, by early next week. Well, a magnitude 4.0 earthquake was reported in southeast Texas. It happened northeast of Falls City, which is southeast of San Antonio yesterday afternoon. The U.S. Geological Survey says this is the fifth earthquake registered in the U.S. over the past day. Closing arguments are expected to start at 9 o'clock this morning in the Ken Paxton impeachment trial. The defense rested its case yesterday, but left some extra time on the table. Our Capitol correspondent Monica Madden has what's next. It was a bit of an unexpected development as defense still had time on the table to call more witnesses if they choose. They only called four in this entire trial. Now let's talk about what's next. Senators will hear closing arguments from both sides and each side has one hour to present their final case to the jury before they go deliberate in private. It'll only include eligible senators. So that excludes state Senator Angela Paxton, who is Ken Paxton's wife. After deliberation, which we don't know how long it will take, Senators will come back for an open session and then will vote individually on each article announcing their decision on whether or not to sustain it or acquit essentially. If one article is sustained and it only requires 21 votes, two thirds majority of senators, then Ken Paxton will be convicted and automatically removed from office. Senators can also later decide if they want to bar him from holding future office, but it's not something mandatory. At least that's not clear yet. They can always change the rules. Now, unlike a regular trial, there is no appeal process, so senators' decision will be final. And it's unclear if Ken Paxton will be back for closing arguments. He hasn't been here since day one at the Texas Capitol. Monica Madden, back to you. Monica, thank you. Now, earlier this week, the defense made another motion to dismiss the articles of impeachment on grounds of insufficient evidence after prosecutors rested their case. But the defense ultimately withdrew the motion without explaining. And to stay up to date on the trial, you can watch the entire Senate trial each day on our website, kxan.com. As we mentioned, closing arguments are today. Just check out the Paxton impeachment section. 
We could see fewer new cars being built as the United Auto Workers Union is officially now on strike. The deadline to reach an agreement passed at midnight. The workers walked out of three plants. The union said it's walking out the first time since 2019 amid negotiations with Ford. The three companies involved in the strike, General Motors, Ford and Stellantis. The union's president, Sean Fain, says the strike happened because the big three waited until the very last minute to start negotiating. Today's Jesse Kirsch met with the Ford CEO, Jim Farley, right before the deadline. 120 years we've been through wars, pandemics, uh, chip crisis. I mean, Ford is a very agile company. Our competitors didn't make it through the last financial crisis. We did. We have the financial wherewithal and the cash to, to make it through this. But we don't need to do that. Let's make a historic deal instead of making history around a strike. Farley rebuffed comments by Fain that the company is not taking bargaining seriously and insisted that they do want to make a historic deal. Federal prosecutors have indicted Hunter Biden, son of President Joe Biden. It's on three counts tied to the possession of a gun while using narcotics. The historic indictment against the son of a sitting president comes after a plea deal fell apart. Also, House Republicans have launched an impeachment inquiry into the effort to seek bank records and other documents from the president and his son. If convicted, Hunter Biden faces a maximum of 25 years in prison, but actual sentences for federal crimes are typically less than the max. Heads up in Hayes County, Sheriff's Office saying the majority of the 911 service still out this morning. They're rerouting calls to other agencies in the area, but if you don't get through, you're asked to call the Hayes County Sheriff's Department directly. You see that number there on your screen, but if you're listening on our podcast, it's 512-393-7896. More students are doing better when it comes to state testing at Mendez Middle School in Austin ISD. Third Future Schools, that's a group, provided an update to the school board yesterday on improvements in the school. And the Board of Trustees approved the collaboration with the network of charter schools in March of 2022, following consistent F ratings by the Texas Education Agency. Third Future says 57% of students grew a significant level in proficiency. Math scores on STAR tests jumped. In 2022, 2% met or exceeded grade expectations in math, but that jumped in 2023 to 33%. The fate of four officers in Dallas after a driver plowed past a police barricade and hit him. And what the plans are now for the Zilker Eagle mini train after restoration efforts were originally derailed. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to KXAN News Today. This is a live look at our camera over on the Indeed building at the Domain on this Friday, September 15th. Four officers are in Dallas expected to be okay after they say a driver plowed past a police barricade and hit them. Those officers were working a call in a neighborhood near Love Field Airport yesterday. This is that aftermath. Police had the street blocked off with their cruisers, and they say that is when a driver plowed through the scene. He hit a marked squad car with one officer inside, that car striking three other officers. The driver took off, but officers were able to capture him. People in coastal Massachusetts getting ready for whatever Hurricane Lee brings their way. While they probably won't take a direct hit, wind and waves could become a problem there. Emergency management is reminding people to be prepared with an emergency kit 
with food, water, other essentials, and prepare for possible power outages as well. It is the start of Hispanic Heritage Month and the rekindling of a long-time debate. A poll is asking, how important is speaking Spanish when it comes to being Latino? A new generation is turning that question on its head as the latest polling shows just 55% of U.S.-born Latinos speak Sp Spanish at home. While some Latinos who don't speak Spanish are sometimes made to feel guilty or maybe embarrassed by their peers, there is now a growing movement to change that dynamic. Growing up, I didn't really speak that much Spanish, mostly because I was trying to fit into the schools that I was going to. I've definitely heard of the term uh, no sabo. There is so much more that makes us Latinos. Coming up next on today, meet Carlos Torres, who created a card game to help other basic voluntarily um, struggling with their own lack of Spanish fluency to help them with their vocabulary. Neighbors in Cedar Park say, look at this, a microburst ripping up their property. We're checking out the damage and continued cleanup after yesterday's storm. How hey, CISD is making efforts to fight the opioid epidemic after the district has lost multiple students to overdoses last year. Good morning, everyone. On this Friday, September the 15th, a live look outside from one of our many cameras that we have for you in Central Texas. That is over at the Domain, and a little further north of that is Cedar Park. And neighbors in Cedar Park believe a microburst during yesterday's storms lifted shingles off roofs, flattened fences, and damaged dozens of homes. It was pretty bad. KXAN's Mercedes Hernandez talking with homeowners there who spent most of the day cleaning up after the storm. This is the moment when lightning, heavy rain, and strong winds rushed into Cedar Park. In the daylight, the aftermath, this flattened gazebo, shingles in the street, even this overturned shipping container weighing two tons. Looked outside and saw there were no more fences. Our shed was gone. The storm woke Carrie Johansson up around 5 a.m. The winds ripped out part of her home's HVAC system, broke down her fence, and tore off parts of her roof. She says the sound when the storm rolled through is like nothing she'd ever heard before. Between the wind and the hail, it was just, it's an indescribable noise. It was just very loud. It was a sound of, yeah, something definitely had happened. Her daughter Christina came over once the sun came up. Her son was staying with Johansson when the storm hit. You're okay. No. He's okay. Dajan Norali took his dog for a walk around the neighborhood and says nearly every home on their block had some kind of damage. Well, mostly there damage about everywhere. As neighbors repair and rebuild, Johansson says she's grateful that the storm wasn't any worse. We have a house. We have, you know, we have each other, but it could have been much worse. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> In Cedar Park, Mercedes Hernandez, KXAN News. Cedar Park officials report that no one was hurt in this storm. Microbursts, by the way, can be small but mighty, as you saw right there. The first warning weather team wants you to know all about them so you can know what to expect when it does hit, if it does. Chief Meteorologist David Yeoman says a lesson on microbursts as part of the first warning weather university segment that you can find on KXAN.com. But we've got Sean here with us. Yeah. So can you walk us through sort of what's going on with this? Well, so you have an updraft in a thunderstorm, all this energy going upwards and giving these towering thunderstorms and towering clouds. But then when it's decaying, it's weakening, 
it's dropping down. You have this downburst and all those winds spread out. Oh. And uh, at times it can look like tornado right. damage, but it's often a microburst here with 60 mile per hour winds. When we get the reports, people normally write in, like we think a tornado right. yeah. went through yeah. our neighborhood. Yeah, there, there's different ways to tell by the damage, whether it's a microburst or a tornado, but uh, yeah, it's, you can go back and also look at the radar. But uh, we aren't looking at a tornado threat today, no. but okay. there's always a possibility here when you have these types of thunderstorms moving in that you could see a microburst. But uh, I think the chance for anything strong is on the lower side today or severe. We're mainly looking at uh, some good old rain here in the forecast and some good old cooler temperatures. I know it was hot. It still felt hot. We had feels like temperatures into the upper 90s, but hey, there's no complaints here. We've had a full week so far below 100 degrees, especially Wednesday. That felt really nice. Today will also be a day that will stay into the upper 80s and low 90s, so we'll take it. Hey, it's quiet out there for your morning commute, so shouldn't see any travel delays from the weather. Just be mindful that roads will still be slick in spots. It's very damp out there, very muggy, 74 degrees here in Austin. So we're off to a pretty comfortable start. The rain did bring us some cooler temperatures out there this morning. 69 in Fredericksburg. Good morning to you in Blanco sitting at 70 degrees, 75 in Rockdale. Hey, if you have any outdoor plans today, maybe you're going for a hike or a walk. Maybe you are spending it out on the lake. Just make sure you are weather aware with frequent showers, downpours, and also the chance of lightning. We want to make sure you're not caught off guard or caught off uh, out and on the lake. So uh, just be weather aware. Here's a look at the thunderstorms that's in the western part of the state. That's what we'll be watching closely here as it moves out towards the east. For now, we are dry, just dealing with a mostly cloudy sky. This model here shows us mainly dry through a good portion of the morning here. By the early afternoon, we start to see some scattered showers developing down towards the south and east, and then the heavier rain moving in later on this evening into the overnight midnight, bringing in some heavy rain into the Austin area and then some scattered showers into tomorrow morning with a chance for a few isolated showers tomorrow afternoon. Notice the models trending a little bit drier here for the weekend. So that's great news for your outdoor plans tomorrow. If you happen to be tailgating as well, could see an additional quarter of an inch to a half an inch of rain on top of the one to three inches we've already seen here in central Texas. Over the next seven days, we'll start to dry and out through the weekend and next week looking hot with mainly sunny skies and dry conditions. Well, more people are confirmed dead after that powerful earthquake hit Morocco a week ago. More than 2,900 people. This footage shows Moroccan armed forces conducting rescue and relief operations. There are also over 5,000 people suffering from injuries, according to the Moroccan news agency. And at least 11,000 people are now believed to have died after flood water poured through eastern Libya. Rainfall from Mediterranean storm Daniel caused two dams to collapse, sending waves more than 20 feet high through the heart of Derna, a port city in eastern part of the country. The officials say over 10,000 people have been reported missing in the ruined city. The United Nations Weather and Climate Agency said that most of the deaths could have been avoided if authorities had better warning systems in place. 11,000. Thank you, Sean. Just awful. Austin police looking for a suspect in connection with a southeast Austin hit and run. 
This happened June 1st near the intersection of East William Cannon Drive and Jane's Ranch Road. APD saying the driver of a dark Chevy Equinox drove into oncoming traffic and hit another car. Says the driver then took off. One of the passengers in the other car had to go to the hospital. We do have a photo of the suspect. Here it is. He's described as a Hispanic man between 20 and 30 years old. He's got a medium build. He has a goatee, or at least did at the time. Get a better look at this photo on KXAN.com. An incredible story of survival. The American caver caught underground is now describing how rescuers saved him and brought him out alive. And NBC's Stephanie Goss got a chance to speak with him. There were moments, Mark Dickey says, when he thought he wasn't getting out of that Turkish cave alive. I'm feeling very good compared to, to where I started off on this rescue. Speaking from a hospital room in Turkey alongside his fiance and fellow caver Jessica Van Ord, he described the harrowing ordeal. At first it was, I have no idea what's going on, but it's probably not life-threatening. Into, this is life-threatening, I, I need help. Van Ord climbed more than 3,000 feet out of the cave after Dickie became suddenly ill, vomiting blood. Just knew that I was definitely fit for that job to get out of there and then get back as soon as possible and coordinate a rescue while up on the surface if necessary. What started as an exploration expedition turned into a massive international rescue effort. There's lots of different medical terminology, but uh, circling the drain is one of them, and I was, I was down pretty damn deep in that drain. At times, he says, he was only semi-conscious. Rescuers gave him a blood transfusion. I'm not healed on the inside yet, so I'm gonna need a lot of help to get out of here. Loaded on a stretcher, Dickey was pulled up to safety after an arduous 57-hour effort. Uh, cave rescuers are a family. I'm, I'm the person that got rescued. Uh, they did all of the work to get me out, and I trust them. Thankful, he says, and not surprised that the tight-knit caving community answered his call. Stephanie Gosk, NBC News. Wow. A popular toy is being recalled after a baby died. A heads-up parents, if you have this toy, it was sold exclusively by Target. About 52,000 Chuckle and Roar Ultimate Water Beads activity kits are now being recalled. The Consumer Product Safety Commission says the water beads pose serious risks if accidentally ingested. And when ingested, the beads grow in size, which can cause a block in a kid's intestine. The manufacturer Buffalo Games received a report of a death involving a 10-month-old infant in Wisconsin. It also got a report of a serious injury involving a 9-month-old infant in Maine. The once derailed plans are back on track to restore the Zilker Eagle mini train here in Austin. So they're working on retrofitting the train coaches with air brakes to ensure they're safe for passengers. The Zilker Eagle posted a video, this one to their social media, showing the brake testing in action. The Zilker Eagle is the new mini train replacing the Zilker Zephyr, which went out of commission back in May of 2019. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning, Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell made a lot of noise last Saturday. So did tight end JT Sanders, but the most experienced receiver on the squad has not received much of the spotlight thus far. However, he's still putting up solid numbers. Jordan Whittington is fourth in yards receiving on the team and is averaging 13 yards per catch. Tops on the team among players who have caught at least five passes. Steve Sarkeesian points out Whittington's impact goes far beyond the numbers.
Nobody prepares better than, than Jay Witt. Nobody, you know, he's the first guy in the building every day. Um, you know, we have such a veteran and experienced player. He can do so many different things for us. There's so many, you know, kind of tools in his toolbox that, that we can rely on. And he's such an accountable person that way that uh, you feel comfortable asking him to do things um, that maybe a couple years ago I wouldn't have asked, but now, now I feel comfortable asking of him. Whittington and the Longhorns are eyeing a 3-0 record. They'll take the Royal Texas Memorial Field tomorrow night against Wyoming. Kickoff is set for 7 o'clock. Texas Volleyball hosting Ohio State, and the Longhorns suffered a setback in the first set. Ohio State won that first set 27-25, but Texas undeterred roared back to take the match. Three sets to one over Ohio State to improve to five and two on the season. The gauntlet continues schedule-wise for the Horns as they'll host 11th-ranked Washington State tonight at Gregory Gym's 7 o'clock start. That's it for sports. Let's go back over to you. Here's what else we're tracking at 5 on KXAN News today. The impeachment trial of suspended Texas Attorney General Ken Paxson continuing what four witnesses from his office had to say about his actions as we await closing arguments potentially starting today. For those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, happy to have you around. We've got the whole story online at KXAN.com. Thanks for joining KXAN News Today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.